0: all the announcements are done. Thank goodness. Now we're going to jump into the message this morning. Um, the uh, title of the message, that, or the series that we do, in a really short series, is called Anchored. Um, and uh, we're going to finish it up today. We're going to kind of, it's a two-week series. So I don't usually do something that short, but it kind of fit with, with what I was at and, and the message that I want to share next week for Easter. And so we're going to kind of finish this up. Now, obviously, um, there are series that we've been looking at. The title text that we've been using is Hebrews 619a. And it's says this, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. If you weren't here last week, um, I invite you to go ahead and get online and, or get on the podcast and hear last week's message because these kind of go together. But really what we discussed a lot last week was the fact that as a community, as, as a world, as, as a country, we don't have a lot of hope. We, we, we kind of are hopeless in a lot of different ways. And one of the things that's great about being a Christian and one of the things that we should experience as a Christian is we should be the most hopeful people that has ever walked the face of the earth. The problem with that is a lot of times we're not. A lot of times we walk around and we put our hope in things that don't matter. We put our hope in things that aren't really what fulfill us and what really brings that hope out so that we can share it with others. And so the, the things that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, we co- covered a couple last week. We're going to couple about four more this week. But these things that we can look at and that we can use as an anchor for our souls. Because here's the deal. In an untethered world which we live in, we need a hope that can anchor us. Now, again, we talked about this last week, but if you weren't here, I want to kind of define hope for you so that you kind of know what we're looking at when we talk about hope. And it's this. Hope is confident expectation of goodness coming to us, okay? It is a confident expectation. We believe it, we hold on to it, we expect it, not because we're great, not because we're awesome, not because we do all the right things, but because these are promises that God has given us. And these are the types of things that we want to hold on to, grip on to, hold on to. And here's the thing, whether the storms in our life are are, are tossing our boat which way or another, or, or it's calm. These are things that we hold on to, grab a hold of, so that it anchors us when we need it, when we're going through some of these things. Look, I'm, I'm excited about doing this and, and sharing some of these things with you, because these are things that get me excited. These are things that I look at and go, man, this is, this is a hope that we have that is awesome. So I'm going to start with this one, okay? The hope of our glorified bodies. The hope of our glorified bodies. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. Now, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to hit 40, then we're going to hit 42 to 44, and then we're going to jump to 51 through 53. So it's going to be a little bit longer, but I want you to see all this, okay? So the hope of our glorified bodies. 1 Corinthians 15, 40, it says this. There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die... But they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as, oops, can you go back? There we go. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. Now we go on. There we go. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. And now we're going to jump to Hebrews, because Hebrews talks about this a little bit as well, but it's a little more concise. It says this. No, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. And now verse 24. You have come to God himself, or the rest of 23. You have come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made perfect. You have come to Jesus, the one who meditates the new covenant between God and people. Listen, man, I don't know about you, but I don't know if this makes sense to you. The older I am getting, the more excited I am for a glorified body. Okay, just the other day, my, my son, he's five, and we were running around, and he was doing something. And he was on, like, we have an ottoman in our, in our downstairs. And he was on this ottoman, and he was on his knees. Okay, And he was slowly kind of slowly getting down to where the first thing that was going to hit the ground was going to be his knees. And I made this comment to him. I said, listen, I know right now that's not going to hurt. But in about 25, 30 years, it's going to hurt. Okay, it's gonna hurt. Like I'm learning that as I'm getting older. Like things that never have hurt before are starting to hurt. Things that that aren't supposed to hurt anymore. Start- Why? Why? Hey, listen, I didn't do it. I sat in my office yesterday. Why is my knee hurting? I, I don't understand. I'm waking up and I got a pain in my neck. I, this isn't fun. What we're learning here is this. I, I, I'm getting this firsthand knowledge. And some of you are like, "Well, welcome to the club." And some of you are like, "I don't know what this is like." But trust me, it happens. My body is corruptible and it is corrupting in front of my very eyes. It's slowly decaying. It's becoming, going back to the dirt in which it was formed from. Listen, I am so excited about when we, as it says in Hebrews, we will be made perfect. No more aches and pains. No more hurts. Listen, if you don't understand and you don't get excited about this, okay, listen, this week, call me up. I'll take you to a hospital. One of the, 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 I'll just be honest with you, one of the greatest things about my job and the hardest things of my job is going to hospitals. And it doesn't even have to be people that I know. Like I could be going in and and having a great, exciting thing. Hey, so-and-so just had a baby. Hey, this is great. We're gonna go see, this is awesome. Oh, boy, because, and I walk in. And, and I'm fine if I can just get to the, the, the ward area where the babies are and they're healthy. That's the great area in a hospital. But usually you have to go through other areas to find it. And you walk by and you see people suffering. You see people hurting. You see people in pain. You see, and you just sit there and you just begin to groan for them. And listen, I don't have to explain this to you guys because most every single one of us have seen people we love sometimes slowly, sometimes quickly that decaying process take place in their bodies, in their minds. You know, one of the things that I've dealt with that has been the hardest is not watching someone necessarily their physical body decay, but their mind decay. And how hard that is. how difficult that is. You see, when God, when when we're going to get these glorified bodies, this is not just, wow, look, I feel good. Oh, wow, look, no more pain. God's going to fix everything. We're going to be made perfect. We're going to be made the way that we were supposed to be. Now listen, we're not going to talk about this today because we can spend the next 30 minutes uh, and we have other things to talk about. Because I've always had people say, well, what are we going to be like? What the, how, how is this going to be like? And look, look. here's what I would tell you. If you're interested in those things, go back and look at Jesus after the resurrection. See what he did. See how he responded. See how people recognized him. Those are all little clues of what our glorified bodies are going to be like. But here's the bottom line. As we look at Hebrews, they are going to be made perfect. Perfect! Look, I can handle, I don't know about you, I can handle the pain that sometimes comes to my body, but you know what I'm so excited about? People that I love that are made perfect again. People that I love that don't hurting anymore. People that I love that don't have to deal with these issues anymore. People that I love that God basically in a twinkling of an eye, in a moment, transforms and takes the the corruptible and they put on incorruptibility and it's just this perfect individual. It's this perfect person. It's exactly what God had always planned for you and me. That gives me hope because when I look at people sometimes and I see the, the, their minds gone or I see their bodies decaying and I see the pain and the hurt. And sometimes it's so easy to say, God, why? God, I don't understand. And, and, and we can all talk about, oh, it's sin and it's separation and it's death. I get all those things. But there's something about knowing that one day they're going to be perfect. In one day, in one moment, God's going to take them and things are going to change. And all of a sudden, all the pain and all the hurt and all those things are going to be gone forever. That's exciting to me. That's exciting to me. And that's a hope I can hang on to. Sometimes when I walk through those hospitals and I see those individuals, I think to myself, how quickly, when, when will it happen? You know, look, I know that sometimes it's hard. I know that sometimes it feels like, God, why? But they will be made perfect. We will be made perfect. And that's something that we can grab a hold of. That's something that can sustain us at times in those moments. Next. Next. The hope of Jesus restoring what was lost. The hope of Jesus restoring what was lost. Look at Matthew 19. Matthew 19 is an interesting verse. Okay, And basically this is what Jesus says. It says, Jesus replied, I assure you, That when the world is made new, okay, so listen, we gotta understand the timing here, okay, because a lot of times what we forget is this part of it. Okay? We can't, we're not, we don't want to be these people that'll look at scripture and cut stuff out and say, okay, well, I like this and I don't like this. So we have to understand the timing. So Jesus is being very specific here of when these things are going to take place. Okay? So he says, I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne, you who have been my followers will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone, now this is important, okay? because at first he's speaking directly to his disciples, and now he's talking to all of us, everyone. And everyone who has given up houses... Or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or property, for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much in return, and will. I love, I love, like, Jesus is like, as he's talking about this, he's like, you're going to get all this, and you're going to get all this, and you're going to get all this. And oh, oh, by the way, and you're going to get eternal life. Now listen, you know me, if you don't, you're going to know me a little bit more right now. I'm honest with you. I'm going to share things the way they are. And one of the things you need to understand is this. Follow, and this is not real popular in our world today, so just, you know, I'm glad you're all seated. Following Jesus is going to cost you something. Do you understand that? Following Jesus is going to cost you something. It it may be friends. It may be family. It may be a job. It may be, it may be, it, it will cost you something. It always does. It always does. But look at Jesus here. Jesus' response to that is, listen, whatever you've given up, whatever has been lost, you're going to get it back. You're going to get it back. You're not, and he doesn't say you're just going to barely get it back. He says, I'm to a, a hundred times more. All those things you've given up, you're going to get it. You know, as I was thinking about this this week, and, and as I was putting all this together, and I was like, man, God, what, what have I lost, and, and, and all these things, there was this one thing that just kind of came to my mind, and, and, and it's kind of interesting, because I know people that, and I'm sure you do, too, okay, that, that were very excited, they, they, they got pregnant, uh, and, and they had a miscarriage, and, um, It was funny, this week, just this week, I was listening to a podcast. It was totally as a sports podcast that I listened to. And the guy on there was talking, and and he was answering some questions kind of about about himself. And one of the questions was, well, how many kids do you have? And this guy's response was really cool. He says, because it wasn't a Christian podcast. Like I said, it was just a sports podcast I listened to. And he said, I have, I think he said, I have four kids here, and I have one in heaven. I want in heaven. And I thought about that as, as all this stuff was rattling into my head this week about God restoring what was lost. And, I, and one of the things that popped into my head in that moment was that man and his wife, when they get to heaven, one of the things that they lost was time with that child. And they're going to get it all back. They're going to get it all back. And they're not just going to get a lifetime. They're going to have all eternity with that child. They're gonna get it all back. You see, one of the things that I've seen in our world because of all the sin and all the death and all the, the evil and all the stuff, man, we are constantly losing stuff. We are constantly, things like that are happening. Listen, what, how, how do we understand the enemy? He came to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal. He takes things. Now, sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes we look at the enemy and we say, here you go. Take my peace. Here, take my joy. Here. But, but the thing is, what we understand about the enemy is he loves to steal stuff. He loves to take things from us. It's what he does. And what is so beautiful, what is a hope that can anchor us, is that no matter what we have given up, God is going to restore it. No matter what was lost, no matter what was stolen, we're going to get it all back. That excites me. That gets me going, oh man. Because I begin to think, even in my life, all the things that have been taken, all the things that I've given up, all the things, and listen, we all have. You're going to get it all back. You're, you're going to get it all back. God doesn't look at us and say, I'm sorry, you've missed out. I'm sorry, it's gone. Jesus says, listen, if you've given these things up, if you put them aside for me and you focus, and you've done what I've asked and it's cost you things, listen, you're going to get it all back. Everything that was lost, you get to get back again. Every moment. Everything that you did that just seemed like, God, why? And it seemed to be so hard and it cost you something. Maybe it's something you cared about very, very deeply. It's all coming home. It's all coming back. You know, you ever met somebody, and this, listen, this is not me, so I wish I was better in this, that it just seems like everything in their life, except for Jesus, they just hold with an open hand. You ever met somebody like that? You know what the secret to that is? Understanding that whatever's lost, more's coming back. Whatever's given, more's coming back. Okay? There's there's so much here that you need to understand. There's so much here that we could grasp a hold of. But no matter what you give, God is always going to give more. Always going to give more. Now, here's the problem that we have. Okay, let's be honest. Let's look at this together honestly. A lot of times we mess up because we don't understand the first part of this scripture. We go, God, I'm giving. I've lost. I should get it now. I want it now. Jesus doesn't promise you it now. Okay, listen. Let me ask you a question. Think of it this way. Okay? What would you rather have now? Now? Would you rather have it now when it's going to basically be gone in your lifetime? Because no matter what, no matter how great it is, eventually, you, you you know, I've heard it said before, you know, it's kind of a cheesy way to put it, but it's very true. You never see a hearse driving down the road with a trailer with all their stuff in it. You can't take it with you. Would you rather have it now? When it's thieves and dust and all that stuff comes? Would you rather have it later when it will never go away? You see, God in his infinite wisdom knows that sometimes it's better to wait. But listen, this is a promise. You will get it back. All those things that were lost, all those things that you feel like were taken from you, you will get them back. Next, number three. I talked briefly about this last week, but I wanted to bring it up even more this week because I think it's, it deserves its own point, if that makes sense. And this is this, the hope of I'll see you soon. The hope of I'll see you soon. I told this story last week, so for those that, weren't here, those that were here, I apologize, but I have to kind of tell it again real quickly. Um, when my grandfather passed away... Um, he and I were very close. I'm named after him, and, and uh, I was his first grandson, you know. So it was a very close relationship. When he passed away, he was in the, the Navy in World War II, so they had the military funeral, and we were at the uh, Military um, National Cemetery in, in Missouri where, where he was buried, and we were in this kind of a rotunda kind of a, a building where the casket was, and, and, and I waited until everyone left, and, and I went up to the casket. Now, again, I, I mentioned this last week. I, he wasn't there, guys. He was in heaven. That, that was just, uh, I don't mean this. This is any disrespect to my grandfather, because we all say it. It was dirt. You get what I'm saying? It was dirt. It was dirt in the casket, okay? Because that's what it was going to go back to. But he was in heaven. And I didn't go up to him, and I didn't say goodbye. I looked at that casket. I put my hand on it, and I said, Grandpa, I'll see you soon. I'll see you soon. Look at 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. It says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people, check it out, who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First the believers who have died will raise from their graves, then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. I'm just going to be honest with you, and I, I'm not meaning this as, as trying to be a jerk or judgmental in any way. I'm just going to be honest. I do not literally, I'm, I'm sorry. I, you may you go, well, that's kind of jerk. I'm just trying to be transparent. I do not know how people that love people stand in front of a casket and go, it's done. I, I just don't understand that. I don't understand how. I mean, when, when, when people I love have died, and there's been several, and I grieve, I, I love this scripture because I don't grieve like those who have no hope. You are gonna see him again. Thank God. We are gonna see them again. You know grieving is good. Grieving is 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 important. Grieving is a part of the process that we go through. We don't we, the Bible doesn't say that we don't not grieve. We grieve. We just grieve with those who have a hope. And that hope is the hope that I'll see you soon. That hope is that hope that one day that mother who sits there and she's in tears because that baby never made it, she's going to see him again. That individual on that podcast can say, oh, oh, yeah, I got four here, but I got one in heaven, and I'm going to see him, and I'm going to experience life, and it's going to be amazing. I remember that phone call that I got when my, fa- my grandfather passed away. I remember it. I'll never forget it. I was sitting there. I know exactly where I was. He was sick. He wasn't doing well. I didn't know what was going on. The phone rang. It was my father, and he said, he said Aaron. I said, yeah. He said, Grandpa I went to heaven. And in that moment, you just, you just, it's just like, you know, you've experienced it. It's like somebody comes into your body or I just said your body and just, it just like everything just collapses almost. And I just remember thinking, oh man. And I began to cry. My Emily was there and she was holding me and I got to have this initial moment of just of loss and all these things. And, and then there was just this peace that came. And you know what's so beautiful is this peace that came from God. And I looked at Emily, and, and, and they had called me. You know, Grandpa had been gone less than five minutes. And I looked at my wife, and I said these words. Can you imagine what Grandpa has seen in the last five minutes? Can you imagine what my grandfather has experienced in just the last five minutes? But I'll see him again. He'll be waiting for me. He'll be there. He'll be sitting there. Listen, all that was lost won't be lost anymore. All that was gone won't be gone anymore. What a hope that we have that when it's all said and done, we'll all be together forever. Wow. No wonder. No wonder Paul says, encourage and comfort each other with these words. No wonder. No wonder you get together. The last time we had a funeral here, and there was such, there was yes, there was sadness, but there was also joy because she went home. She went home. Every once in a while I do this. So don't think I do this all the time because you're going to think I'm really weird if I do. But you know, you get like a newspaper, and we get this little Broomfield thingabob out there. A little newspaper that comes, and they... And, 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 and every once in a while, I'll be looking through it. I'll be in here maybe making coffee in the morning, and I'll thumb through it. And I always stop at the obituaries. I know that sounds kind of morbid, but that's what I'll do. I'll stop there, and I'll look at it, and I'll be like, oh, let's look at this. You know? and, and I always feel so good. Now, you don't know exactly, but I always feel so good when they say like, and, and this and this is Betty Smith. And Betty Smith taught Sunday school for 40 years and was involved in her church. And all that, I mean, I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I feel great. I feel like, well, yeah, I'm sorry that she passed. I know her family's hurting, but she's home. That's awesome. And I always feel like this twinge of sadness when those things aren't mentioned. That doesn't mean that they weren't involved, doesn't mean they didn't know Jesus, all those things, but you know what I mean? There's always like this, oh. Listen, if you've lost, and if you haven't, more than likely you will. And in those moments, there is such a joy and such a peace and such a hope, and I'll see you soon. Such a joy. Such an unbelievable moment. And it's amazing. And the final one. The final one, and obviously I waited to the very end. And let's be honest, the most important one is the hope of seeing and being with Jesus. The hope of seeing and being with Jesus. Look at John 14. In John 14, it's a very popular scripture. We all probably realize or or remember this, but this is what it says. It says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I was going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Always be with me where I am. And now look at twenty-one 21.3. We see this. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. You know, I mentioned earlier just a few minutes ago about what grandpa had seen. You know the best thing he saw in those 5 minutes wasn't heaven. Wasn't the streets of gold, wasn't all the stuff. Was it wasn't the loved ones that had gone before him? It was Jesus. It was Jesus. It was being home with him. One of the things we have to understand, when God looked at the world that he created, when he said all is good, all is right, all is perfect, it was when everything was where it needed to be and we were with God and close to God, had communion with God. It says that the Bible, and Adam and Eve would walk with God in the cool of the day. Not only do we get to see him face to face, but now... We get to be with him for all eternity. Listen, we just spent like eight weeks uh, going through that the series on on Hello, my name is Jesus. Listen, man, I am excited to be with my Jesus. I am excited to be around him and to experience him because it's like right in this earth we have just like this little glimpse, you know. It's like it's like trying to see a sunrise. Uh, uh, going over the mountain through a paper with a, with a with a pinhole through it. You ever done that? You know, it's like you're, you're sitting there and you go, "Oh wow, it's beautiful." And you just it's it's, it's like there's going to be a time, whether it's we die or God comes and gets us, where God's going to come and He's going to take that piece of paper and He's going to crumble it up and He's going to throw it away and we're going to go, "Wow," and it's going to blow our minds. To be with Jesus, to experience Jesus, to, to, oh, to laugh with Jesus. You know what? My, listen, this may sound funny to you, because but I like I, teasing. And we kind of talked about this in this series a little bit. I am so excited. This may sound funny to you. I am so excited the first time that Jesus teases me. That Jesus is like, I'm doing something. He's like, zings. And I'm like, oh, that was good. And, 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 and that was awesome all in the same time. I can't wait for that. I can't wait to see his smile. I can't wait to see his face. I can't wait to be around him. I can't wait to know that when it's all said and done, God Himself will be with Him. He will live with us. He will, will experience life. Listen, listen, this is the thing that we try to, to focus in on our churches and in this church is this idea of community and this idea of being together and being a family. You know when the greatest people that we can have be a part of this, it's not me, it's not you, it's Christ. That's the center. That's who we want to take all of this and make it around. And here's the deal: we're trying so hard to kind of make a model of what this is going to look like in eternity. And this is this right here where we're doing it now isn't perfect because we've got broken people and broken hearts and broken minds, and and we're trying so hard, but we're not there. One day it's going to be so perfect. It's going to be so awesome, and we're all going to love it. It's going to be amazing. And Jesus is the center. Jesus is the center. Of all of it. To be with him. To experience him. To be able to walk down the street with him. It's going to be incredible. And sometimes life is hard. And it's difficult. And there's moments we all deal with it. We all face them. Where we just go, man, I don't know if I can make it another day. You ever... You ever have a day where you wake up, and you're lying in bed, and you just wish you could just stay there? You just, you just wish that, like, it's like you could kind of um, pull, pull, pull the covers over your head, and just make yourself a little cocoon, and just stay there, and, and okay, maybe tomorrow will be better. I think we've all been there. I think we've all experienced those days. And... And if you haven't, well, that's awesome. But I gotta tell you, um, that's rare, and it's probably going to come at some point. And in those moments, guys, we can we can try to hide. We can put the covers over our head and, and say, "Okay, I'm not going to deal with this stuff." Or I'm not going to, or we can grab a hold of our anchors. And look, over the last couple weeks. Last week in this week, we've talked about a lot of different things and glorified bodies and new heavens and new earth and, and things being restored that are lost and all these. Th- I mean, the fact that, that, you know, the people that have gone, the new Christ ahead of us, man, we're going to see him like all these things. But, but our anchor is Jesus. Because without him, none of the other things are possible. Without him, we have nothing. If the worship team wants to come on up, we're going to close. Oh, I'm doing good. I'm trying really hard so that, you know, I told, I, I, I told people, I was like, well, I haven't told them this time because I was like, I don't want to be a liar. I was like, I'm going to try to get done a little early so that we have time for everything. And, and so far I'm doing good, but, but, you know, it's not over yet. So hold off, okay? <laughs> but Listen. We are living in a world that is very, very devoid of hope. Why is that, do you think? I think it's because we have stopped as a people, as, as the human race, we have stopped putting in our, our hope in things that truly anchor us. Instead, we put our hope in other things. You know, And, and here's what's funny. A lot of these things aren't bad things they're just not anchors that we can really hold on to, you know? They're not anchors that anchor us through thick and thin. And it all starts with Jesus, and we need to understand that. It all starts with him and what he's done and and what what we're celebrating during this season, the fact that he came and he offered himself as a sacrifice and and died and was raised again. That's such a beautiful thing. But listen, can, can I ask you just a simple question? And I know this was a short series and, and stuff like that, but how's your hope? We talked about this last week. The things that will never go away. Faith, hope, and love. These things that will last forever. How's your hope? Like, like you know, you, you, you're driving down the road, And what do you do? You're hopefully, you're watching your speed, you're watching where you're going, but another thing, you probably ought to check every once in a while is how much gas you got in the tank because it doesn't matter how nice of a car you have or how fast it can go if it runs out of what propels it. Okay? And here's the thing. In our lives, at times in my life, what I find is, 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 is we don't have a lot of hope. It's almost like we're, sometimes we're really good at, at faith or we're really good at love or maybe we're really good, but, but our hope meter is real low. Listen, I think they all propel us, but I think one of the things that sometimes we're missing as, as a church and as people is our hope is low. We've forgotten what's coming. And look, I understand we want to be focused on today. We want to be focused on, on what God would ask us to do, and that's a beautiful important thing. But what's interesting is, it, is I found in my life those that have their eyes not just focused on today, but focused on tomorrow, do the most good today. Like, it's an interesting thought. You know, we've talked a lot about being with Jesus in all eternity. That hope, that desire, that excitement is something to remember, but it also ought to be something that propels us today to find those that don't know Jesus and make sure they're there. To find those that maybe don't have a relationship with God and say, hey, listen, 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 this is coming and I want you to be a part of it. There's something amazing that God has and I want you to enjoy this with us and be a part of it. But listen, if you don't look at tomorrow, you're not going to be so worried about them today. You get what I'm saying? We talked about it last week. Faith is in the past. Love is in the present. Hope is focused on the future. But when you have that hope focused on the future, it makes such an impact on today. And I want us to be a part of that. Listen, I know it just kind of flows and but we talked about this. I've written it in emails. You've got to understand how important it is. Their people will come with you next week if you will invite them. They will. Listen, I, the, I know this doesn't sound weird. The stats back it up. People will come. But it takes a personal invitation. It takes you understanding that you want them to have that hope that so should be so burning inside of you. Listen, hear me on this. What makes a Christian different from anybody else? What makes a Christian different from anybody else? I would propose this. I have found many, many people that have way more faith than I do. Seriously. I mean, some of the stuff people believe, like, believe completely. I'm like, dude, that's faith. <laughs> that's amazing that you believe that. I feel like my faith is small in comparison to them. Next, I think, I think people love. Now, do we, nobody loves perfectly. What's the difference? What makes a Christian different? I'll tell you. What makes a Christian different is hope. We have a hope that is based in the promises of our God. That's amazing. So how can we bring that hope to people? By living it out ourselves. By living it out ourselves. So I ask you again, how's your hope? How's your hope? Because wherever it is, God desires to build it up. God desires to have it grow so that when you do have those days, you do have those months, you do have those years, that you can grab a hold of that anchor that is strong, that'll keep us tethered, keep us safe. So, Father, we come to you right now. And, God, we live in a world that is really devoid of hope or or it's a world that puts its hope in things that just don't sustain us. And how, how hurtful it is, how disappointing it is, how horrible it is when we put our hope in something and it fails. We get angry, we get bitter, we get frustrated. We get a world, quite honestly, exactly how we see it today angry people lashing out at each other because the thing that they grabbed a hold of, listen, hope lasts forever because we desperately need it. And Father, we are your people that have an understanding of what true hope is. And we've kept it to ourselves. We've forgotten what hope can do in people's lives. And Father, I pray that first and foremost, you would build that hope in us. You would build that hope in us that we would hold on to your promises and know that they are yes and amen. And then, Father, I pray that you will put people in our path who need that type of hope, that are ready for that type of hope. And then, Father, I pray that you would open our mouth that we would no longer be silent. And that, Father, we could bring your hope to a hopeless world, that you could bring your hope to a hopeless community, a hopeless school, a hopeless workplace, because you are the only thing that can change us and give us a hope that is an anchor to our soul. So Father, we look to you because we can't do it on our own. We look to you because we need you so desperately.